What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of All Things Reconsidered. I'm Joey. Over here is Brandon. And today we are with a special guest. We have Shaylee with us. And uh, we're really excited to have a great conversation with her. As you can see, we're not in our usual sets. Uh, this is our new Zoom interview sets. Yeah. As you can see, we have both the lava lamp and the link back. Yes. Once again, unofficially, the, the lava lamp and link show. The return of link and our audio only listeners are probably confused. But just get on YouTube and you'll, you'll see what we're talking yeah. about. Uh, it's a big... Just use your imagination. Yeah. Thank you. It's a momentous day for us. But uh, anyway, th- this is where we're going to be doing Zoom interviews from now on. Uh, because the internet here is supposed to be better. My internet's terrible, um, <laughs> as you guys have probably seen uh, over the course of the couple interviews that we did at my house where people are like... Yeah, they freeze frame for a thought. Yeah. But uh, anyway, guys, we are, are excited for uh, talking to Shaylee. Uh, so basically, uh, the short version of this is that Shaylee is a cult survivor. And we were hoping... Spoiler alert! Yes. Oh, yay! <laughs> so, Shaylee's a, a cult survivor. We wanted to get into uh, the details of, of that whole experience and uh, what she learned from that. Uh, but before we do, Brandon... Before we do, if you have not seen Shaylee before, uh, she is also known as Shiloh Wren on the TikTok Shaylo Ren. But that's okay. Ren. See, this is why. Close enough. This is why I don't need to do stuff like this. Because I respect people's names too much. Because mine was butchered my entire life growing up. Yeah. And I'm going to try to correct myself, and I know I'm going to say it wrong again. It's uh, Shayla Ren. Shayla Ren. Yes. Yeah. On the TikTok, where um, she has nothing to do with uh, deconstruction or, you know, theology or anything like that. It's a whole lot of nerd culture stuff, which I appreciate because yes. Yes. Joey and I are actually pretty big nerds Yeah, with a lot of things. It's, you couldn't already tell from the link statue on our, on our table here. Yeah. So, <laughs> Shaylee, give us a quick rundown of your TikTok. So, my TikTok is just me acting like an idiot about the things that I really love and my ADHD has decided to hyperfixate on like Star Wars or anime awesome. anime recently and gaming and those sort of things. Absolutely. That's Speaking awesome. of anime, Attack on Titan season three. Ooh. I don't know if you've ever watched Attack on Titan. I watched the first episode. Or two. I to say I'm very invested. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you know, you are if we weren't doing a theology show, we'd be doing a nerd culture show. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, I just recently started getting into Demon Slayer and I'm like three episodes in and it favorite. It's fantastic. See, the only anime that I've ever watched is uh, anything by Studio Ghibli. Um but I've Which, seen everything that they've made but other than that nothing. I don't know, it's really anime though. It's anime. What else is it? It's Japanese animation. It, it's anime. It's anime if you're soft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like, that's not fair. Intro to anime. It's not even anime 101. It's intro to anime. It's the, it's the pipe, it's the anime pipeline. Yeah, it's like the <laughs> really? gateway drug. The gateway drug. Okay. Well, I haven't come. Nor me to weeb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, Miyazaki is a genius, though. I mean, no, I'm not disagreeing with you. Him. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, absolutely. I love Studio Ghibli. Okay. Oh, Ghibli. I thought it was Ghibli. Well, you know, Shaley, I can't pronounce anything. Shaley, where correctly. do you stand on this debate? I always studio. Hold on, I gotta think about it. Give me a second. Okay. Studio. I say Ghibli. Oh. oh! 
Well, I guess you are the expert here. But I, I'm not the expert. Don't I mean, people are going to come for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyone who disagrees with Shaylee, um, we'll let you know her TikTok again, her email, so you can just let her know that just she's black. <laughs> just you can dox black. me so they know <laughs> where to go. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, all that to say, we are big fans of the kind of stuff that you make. And uh, I guess you found our show and just wanted to reach out and tell us your story, which we really appreciate. Yeah, it's helped me. Or So like I started listening when I was already awake from the cult, but it has helped me so much with like light bulbs, any light bulbs I can get of like, oh, I know what's going on or like what happened to me is so helpful sure. for getting over it, <laughs> you wow. know, deconstructing. Wow. So it's been very helpful. Well, I'm I'm really happy to hear that. That's incredible. It like it still blows my mind every time when people are like, oh, my God, found your podcast. And it's like so like helpful. I'm sharing it with people. I'm like, we're dumb people. Yeah, we're like <laughs> we're just two dudes with we're, microphones. Yeah. Like we went to Bible college together. No, no, you want to know about our Bible college? I may have said this before, but our, our Bible college's idea of of Christian history was a copy. Uh, everybody buying a copy of God's generals. Like, like uh, just a book, just like revival. About, Revival's the only thing that matters in church. History. Yeah. I, I, somehow we got through, you know, Bible school and I wouldn't been able to tell you who Augustine is. No. And, you know, because all we learned about was like John Wesley. <laughs> yeah. So we, we don't, we're not experts. No, we've said it before. We'll say it again. Not theologians. Yeah. <laughs> but here we go. Uh, so, all right, I want to I want to hear some details about your story, and and thank you for being willing to share. I'm sure that this is um, something that maybe isn't easy uh, to get into at times for you. Um, I, I assume it, it's a pretty dark um, past that to, to you know have to dig through again. So uh, we all you know we we really appreciate you being willing to share it. And uh, I say, without further ado, Brandon, why don't we just get started? Yeah. So this kind of relates but doesn't it kind of relates to where you are now versus like where you were then you are huge into things like pokemon and star wars i'd imagine harry potter <laughs> don't all right the interview's <laughs> over we're done shut it down brandon's the biggest potterhead in the world interview over shut it down all right regret speaking of cults harry potter cults <laughs> yeah so a lot of fandoms can seem cultish for and, sure uh, so do you find that you just went from one cult into another one? <laughs> or like, were you always like well, a fan of like Star Wars and Pokemon? Like, were you allowed to be like growing up? Were like you a product of the satanic panic and all of that with like Pokemon and Harry Potter and Star Wars? Where like It's demonic. Yeah. No, because like I was not raised religious. Okay, um, gotcha. I did not start going to church until like high school. That's what I'm talking about. Same. Um, and then when I got to college is when I got brought into the cult. And then I was in there for three years. No. So I was very much into all the nerd stuff from the beginning of my life. Gotcha. Now, what cult is it again? I know uh, you've, you've mentioned it, but, but tell us just a, a basic rundown of what this cult is and, and you know, details about it. So basically, it's, it is a cult. It's a cult from Korea. I don't know if you've heard of the Moonies. I'm sure a lot of people have heard oh, yeah. of the Moonies. It is yeah. a branch off cult. It's like a... It's like a baby cult from the Moonies. The Moonies are like the parent cult of this cult. It's like an MLM situation of cults. <laughs> right. No, it's so true. When you start getting into the history of these cults, they all just steal from each other. And it just is like a ladder. Yeah. It's an MLM. Interesting. But yeah. um, basically, it's uh, it. 
I don't know if I should give a trigger warning, but it's this one in particular is like a sex grooming cult. It oh, grooms wow. women, wow. <laughs> which like I laugh to cope. Sure. No, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do whatever you we love do. jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so the, so it's an offshoot of the Moonies. Now the Moonies, um, refresh my memory. It's been a while since I've read up on, on them, but I, I know a bit about them, but for anyone who, who, anyone who, uh, doesn't know what these guys are about, like me, <laughs> uh, bring us up to speed on, on these guys. So I don't know a ton about the Moonies cause again, I wasn't many, but I do know the similarities. Okay. I know that basically they believe that they're leader. And then like my cult believed that our leader, I see, it feels weird as they are, but right. like was the second coming of Christ. Oh, um, wow. and it was a very high control situation where like you couldn't date outside and then they have mass weddings where they kind of you do like speed dating like somebody you met like two days before and then you get yeah. married within the cult so and, like um, bible college you can't <laughs> <laughs> and you can't like uh drink you can't there's like it's like crazy like just wow. things you just so much control is happening so i know that there are a lot of similar and like i know that a lot of the doctrine of my cult came from michael came from the moonies like it's basically just stolen over and over sure <laughs> so yeah i've seen videos of these mass weddings it's wild did did people in your family uh get married off in that way uh no i was the first person in my family uh to okay. The inter I got pulled, I got evangelized on a college campus. Gotcha. Oh. So my family's not involved. Now that was a good question I was gonna ask you. Like, how did you find yourself in a cult? Like, was it kind of like I know most people don't make a conscious decision to be in it, but like, you know, you had like the whole Waco thing where people are like, No, this guy, David Koresh, like he is the second coming of Christ. Like, I'm following that guy. I don't care if it's cult or whatever. Or did you just kind of like fall into it? Yeah, so they it's very nobody goes into a cult like oh i'm gonna join a cult this sounds fun i'm gonna right, give my sure. life to this guy who says he's the messiah but like because if you if they were to approach you like that you'd be like okay crazy, crazy like, you know yeah. Like, yeah. get away from me wow. they say that they're like a christian bible study group like just a regular christian bible study group and That's they um you have one-on-one -on -one bible study lessons and it is a slow, like, grooming process. So for mm. me, it happened over the course of, like, nine months. And uh, they teach you these 30 lessons. And then, like, they slowly teach you nice things about the leader. Mm. And then at the end, the big truth bomb is like, oh, and he's, like, our, the Messiah. Like, he's the second coming of Christ. So oh, it is a wow. slow grooming process. I see. That I see. seems so intense. And then after they unveil that he's the Messiah, that he's Jesus... Is that when they start with the really controlling kind of teaching and, and the things like uh, about marriage and things like that? Well, the 30 lessons that you teach that, that they teach and you learn to get indoctrinated into this cult slowly set that up over time. So there's like a lesson where they redefine what a cult is like. Oh, they call Jesus a cult. So like uh, everybody's a cult. Right. And then they and then there's like a lesson about the fall. Um, Adam and Eve, where they say that it was actually them having sex. <laughs> right. And so you shouldn't have sex before marriage and you should like. It, Not it's, the whole like, they apple slowly... thing that's specified about the fall. It was the sex part. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> right. So 
but they're very the thing is they have this down to they're very good at supporting what they like with verses supporting what they're teaching sure. so it's tricky <laughs> oh i'm sure especially i mean if they reach out to people in, in college it's not like they're finding you know theologians that right could discredit some of the things they're right saying. and when you get into college you're like very spiritually vulnerable people are like trying to figure out who they are for the first time which right. is why like college yeah. students are the number one demographic of like it's like targeted by cults. Yeah, sure. Wow. Wow. Now yeah, it makes sense. Did you go through like did you have like family members like reaching out like concerned about it and like have like that stage of denial where it's like, I'm not in a cult. Calm down. You're freaking out. Yeah. This guy is Jesus. This is so interesting. I'm, I'm, just, I'm really everybody relax. Yeah, I know everybody what I'm relax, doing. Relax, all right. No, because like one thing they teach you pretty early on in the lessons is they're like, oh, but don't tell your family because they'll try to pull you away because it's different and like you're oh. different and open minded. They're not as open minded as you, so you just shouldn't tell anybody. Right. Oh my goodness. And you're like, okay, that makes sense. Cool. <laughs> wow. Wow. So they super secretive. Oh, so- fine. So they get right into isolation then right from the get-go of pulling you yeah. away from those relationships. For sure. So now w- once you are in, is it, what's the process of getting out like? I mean, is it one of those things where it's hard to get out because like your whole life gets connected and intertwined with them or yeah, like the do only, they physically move you to some like location where it's just difficult to get away from them. Like the only experience I have, like I said, is like watching uh, documentaries like yeah. the, you know, David Koresh one, uh, the one on Scientology where like the chick like snuck out in a party in like mm-hmm. the trunk Crazy. of someone's I've car. Seen that one. <laughs> yeah. It's like, is yeah. that how you got out where it's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually Little little fun fact about this right now. I'm technically I haven't told them I left. Oh, oh wow! Well, with so, fun fact for all those that love this podcast. Yeah, you know you're watching. They don't know, <laughs> <laughs> and they're sending me texts like crazy right now. But no I'm just way. like, no oh. Whoa! So this is really fresh then, or, or is yes, it? yeah. Wow. Um, so I was also I was living in the church building. So right. getting out was tricky because <laughs> like I didn't want them. I wanted to get out before they knew I was leaving. Yeah. Like physically get out because I didn't want them to like approach me and like sure. pressure me and stuff. So that I'm physically finally. That's why I live with my parents again. <laughs> I gotcha. moved out of the gotcha. uh, church and um, now I have to announce. Well, for, I'm going to announce that I'm leaving, but I'm trying to get other people out first. So we'll see. How so like <laughs> when you sent that email, it was like I'm moving out of the church. It was like. Uh, this is me actually like physically leaving the cult right yeah, now. Yeah, I was living. I was so this in, living like a, in the church building. So Whoa. this is a very like recent transition for you out of this. Yeah. So I, I it's I've been awake for like a few like a few months now. Wow. Four months now. So, but like me, and my personality, I can't do nothing. So that's why I reached sure. out because like I want to start trying to educate. Because like if I had been educated. I would have never found myself in this situation. Yeah, and we absolutely. need to talk about this stuff more. Right. Now, um, and, and just in case anyone is interested, we do know because you've sent us pictures of, of you in this cult and, and even in Korea and, and things like that. So we, we, we've seen, uh, you know, all that kind of, I guess, proof of, of We got the, the receipts in 4K, as the kids say nowadays. <laughs> right. I always bring the receipts, y'all. Yeah, so we, we'll even show some of those pictures. and uh, Beautiful location, gotta say. Like, I understand the context uh, yeah, is Yeah, their, their temple is 
beautiful. <laughs> so how do they make money as a cult? Do they basically make their followers just tithe to them or like give them everything that they've earned or how does that work? Yeah, they encourage you give they like there's tithing and then like they encourage you to they're like God blesses you and you're in this cult so you know give as much money as you can. But also they sell CDs of the leader singing and let me tell you he's not a good singer. It's painful. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the Messiah singing. Yeah, so Funny story relating to um, how you guys mentioned before that like some Christian churches would sell like magic healing water. Yeah, um, my <laughs> my uh, church also had that, and it was from their like holy temple or whatever, and they called it the medicinal water, and you had to drink it all the time. It was wow. freaking expensive though. I never bought it. It was only gifted to me. Wow. Well, at least you could drink it. The water that we got sent was from Chernobyl. Yeah. And it like printed on it was like, do not drink this water. Do not ingest it. Oh no. It, it what do you do? Like fifty times. You're supposed to anoint yourself with yeah, it. Yeah, like so splash it on Joe, splash it on the doorpost, and we still haven't gotten our money. So So did it bring any riches or or, or blessings or healings for you? So no, uh, oh. that's that was one issue. Every time I tried to be healed from it, it didn't work. Yeah, and like I had it. so much faith. I was really in this. Anyways, so the funny part is I, I told you I lived in the church building, so I lived with other church members and they yeah. watch you pretty closely. And there was this one lady who would who bought me some medicinal water and she would come into my room and be like, you're not drinking it. It's not going down. And that was when I already didn't believe anymore. And I was just trying to get out. So she was like, you're not drinking it. I can see. That's and so I have a it's it's crazy. It was awful. I was it was a nightmare. But so the funny part is. I didn't want to drink it because I was so mad at this point. Like I didn't believe this stuff. And I was like, I just got to get out of here. So what I did is I have a pet hedgehog named Kiwi. I started giving her the medicinal <laughs> water every night. That way it looks like it was going That's down. Incredible. <laughs> wow. So if, if Kiwi <laughs> comes into some financial increase pretty soon. If Kiwi, Kiwi's going to get freaking superpowers. <laughs> wow. Well, that is really, I mean, I hope all of these jokes, all the jokes that we're doing isn't inappropriate because I know this is a really dark thing that you had to go through but that that is no. wild so what you're saying laughing about it, it's the best medicine okay good <laughs> what you're saying is better than the medicinal water <laughs> i can't order this medicinal water and get rid of my adhd medication it's so funny you say that because i struggle with adhd greatly and they told me the medicinal water would fix it that is unfortunate guess fix? who guess who did not get fixed from their adhd <laughs> No, I I, I, uh, I can imagine the, the frustration that you must have felt when you're there and you're investing in the cult, you're doing the prayers, you're, you know, doing the water, and then having, like, weird, like, sister what's a whatever, like, you're not drinking the water. Yeah, weird mother superior right. trying to force it down your throat. That, I mean, I can imagine the frustration <laughs> then when you're still, you know, not, not getting that. Healing. And it's not like it's like a little like pill that you can like tuck away in your tongue. And be like, no, see, I took it. Ah, it's like, no, I swear I drank it all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Just give it to your pets. <laughs> yeah. so, so pro tip, if you're in a cult and they're making you drink magical water, Get a pet and they'll cover you. <laughs> so, and they can't talk. They can't narc. So it's true. Now, um, exactly. Now, Shaylee, when, when this was happening and you were doing the, the, the special water, um, were you getting these moments of thinking about like, like, um, the Kool-Aid, you know, with the uh, Jonestown, like did that? It's got real Kool-Aid vibes. If yeah, we're being honest. Does that, does that, uh, cross your mind at all? No, I'm like, when you're in it, 
you're very disillusioned. And I really thought I was, I was so convinced. And, but the thing is, here's what churches always do. If it doesn't work, you didn't have enough faith. Oh so yeah. If it didn't work for me, it was my fault. Correct. I needed to pray more. We're going to victim blame hard. I, um, I can relate. I mean, we can all relate to that oh, to yeah. some degree because that's how, how churches operate. So you mentioned earlier how uh, they were defining what a cult is. And, um, that got me thinking that, um, I guess there may be an issue when we allow everything to be defined as a cult, because then it's hard to differentiate, you know, the ones that really are actually dangerous cults from your just standard church or whatever. So how would you define this? Uh, how, how would you define cult? So the, the thing about this that kills me, <clears throat> I was, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. When people say all religions are cults, mm-hmm. that is harmful because all religious trauma is very valid. Sure. Like all of it. But there's a difference between like a mean Baptist church and people who completely rewrite who you are and how you think they mm-hmm. take away your identity. Like in my cult, people get their names changed and wow. that, I'm talking about their last names, too. They get their last names changed to match the leaders when they get married to him. Mm. Whoa. So Whoa. there's a difference. So that's why defining cults, like saying all religions are cults is super harmful because we need this term to point out these horrible groups sure so like yes because when everything's a cult nothing is at that point right Mm -hmm. like watering down it's it's just going to make it so much harder for people that are like having their lives absolutely taken away from them right um so as far as like defining a cult i would just have to go with like the definition that most psychologists use which is like there's a charismatic leader and like if one really helpful thing that I encourage literally everybody, people that are deconstructing from fundamentalist churches, uh, especially like people waking up from Jehovah Witnesses mm-hmm. or uh, Mormons, um, the bite model. The bite model oh, yeah. will help you know if you're in a cult. So helpful. Everybody I know who's woken up from my cult, you, it, the bite model got them out. So like Interesting. If, can, as far as defining cults, yeah. bite model. Can you uh, walk us through that real quick? So <clears throat> it's by a guy named Stephen Hassan. Okay. And um, he's actually a former Mooney, oh, um, oh, wow. which is like, so it's a little close to home there. Experience. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically it's, it, it outlines the type of control these groups use and it's behavioral. <clears throat> what's I information control. And then T is thought control and E is emotional control. Gotcha. B is behavioral control. And that's like how they modify behavior in different ways. So like, for example, they like have reward and punishment. So one, one thing that made me that came to mind is when y'all talked about how some people's like ideas of God are very capitalistic, how it's like very transactional. And um, that's sort of, a way of control for the, for like these cults. So like mine was like, Oh, if you do good things, God will reward you. And like you, it's basically earning spiritual money to save up and spend. Sure. And then like, if you do, if you sin, God's going to make horrible things happen to you to wake you up or like make you stop. So like when I had, I would get in car accidents and be like, Oh my God, it's because I'm a sinner. (laughs) So yeah, that's, that's how they like control your behavior. Wow. So yeah, that way, that way they can control exactly what you're doing with your time and, and, and your, your energy, your hobbies, everything. That Resources. You're doing. Every, wow. Yeah. Another big one for behavioral control is restricting and controlling sexuality. And that one was huge. Like the sex was the number one sin in mine because like 
the type of cult it was. Sure. So like yeah. even thinking about the opposite sex was a sin. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Wow. I can see how the bite model is a fantastic resource to differentiate, like you said, a, a mean or even toxic church environment from an actual life controlling, life altering cult. It's interesting. Yeah. But like when, when you start going through it and you like, when you're waking up and you're checking off the boxes, you start to realize how many it checks off. So it's like, yeah. get scary. Right. Now, when did you realize that you were like actually in a cult? Like what kind of woke you up to that? Like what was that, that moment almost? If it was kind of just that like, you know, you, you call it, you know, you waking up. Like what was that waking up moment like? So there was like two things that it normally what I, what for my experience, what happens is like slowly, over the course of time, there's a few things that wake you up. For me, two big ones um, was I was watching a documentary about cults because everybody's morbidly curious about cults, sure. like <laughs> including me when I was in yep. one. So I was like watching and then they said they were talking about the mass weddings thing. And I was like, oh, no, because like they worded <laughs> it like claimed like mass weddings claim thousands of lives every year. And then I was like, claim. That's a scary word. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh no. Our table. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's broken. <laughs> so were those mass weddings actually the Mooney one specifically or, or or like similar to yours? I don't know if they said which one it was, but it was the Moonies. And I just knew that we did something almost identical. And I was like, Matt. oh, wow, <laughs> that's a cold thing, huh? So, so, uh, so now you mentioned earlier that they do these mass weddings, but you also had said at one point that you are married to the cult leader. So, so everyone yeah. gets married to him or just all the women or how does that work? So there's, you, you basically have two life paths. You can get married within the church and become a blessed family, quote unquote, or you can become a faith star, which is the track I was on, um, which I later found out I was on that track because I'm a conventionally attractive young woman, um, which they also have some, they're called faith stars. They have some men that are faith stars, but I'm pretty sure that's just so they can be like, Oh, look, it's not, a sex it's thing. not just women, <laughs> Yeah, but like the women get treated very differently. So like faith stars, you get married to the leader. That's your other option. Wow. And uh, like, it's supposed to be like, oh, don't worry. It's spiritually married. But like, you never get married and like, it's basically you're married to him. And then like there, it, it goes, it, it goes very deep and very I would bad. Imagine <laughs> it goes from like, it's a spiritual thing to, well, you are my wife. So we have certain obligations here very quickly yeah that's your two life options is blessed family or faith star like it's such an interesting name too like a faith star it's like the all-star of the cult no like they faith stars are like the thing like you know like they're like the highest so like if you're a faith star and you leave the cult then they say you go to the worst level of hell oh wow (laughs) whoa so So we're into the whole level like the most close to god so like naturally Uh, (laughs) you get punished the worst now from first to worst wow so so that way that way once you're a faith star you're probably the most likely to want to get out that's when they put on the fear the heaviest by saying, if you get out now, you'll be punished even worse. Turns out the threat of hell is very convincing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Eternal torment, very scary. Yeah, works <laughs> for a lot of people in and out of cults. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So you said it was two moments. The first one being the uh, the mass weddings. What is the second one? So this one's a little funny. It's cute, I guess you could say. Have you seen the movie Soul? 
I love yeah, the movie. Yeah, Soul. I love Pixar. There's only there's only like it is my two Pixar favorite. movies I can't stand. And <laughs> bring Joey, don't bring it up. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you Man, like the really movie Cars? It. Like the original Cars? Doesn't everybody? Yeah, yeah. You would think everybody does, wouldn't I'm you? I'm not a fan of the Cars trilogy. <laughs> wouldn't you? Okay, the Cars trilogy is not very good. Hey. All right, I'm sorry, it's not very good. Look, you want good Pixar, you go to Wally, or you go to Up, or 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 Soul's good, but it, the Cars trilogy is not that great. Okay. I mean, come on! I'm sure you're not going to get any support on this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the Cars Two is trash. Wow, <laughs> that's super. Cars cheap. Two is not good, but one in three slaps. Three made me cry. Uh, Actual I'm, tears. Look, and then the other one that I don't like. Honestly, is, though, I'm at the point of life though where every Pixar and Disney movie, like I was almost weeping at the end of Encanto last week when I was watching it. On oh Disney yeah, Plus. that's not Pixar. Oh yeah. I know. That's why I said oh, Pixar I or Disney. Okay. Anyway, anyway, we, so, we are uh, off on this Pixar yeah. tangent. Let's get back to Colts. Um, so you, the movie Soul. Yes, we've seen it. Tell we us love about it. Soul. The movie Soul. So the movie Soul made me think about why. Like, so what Colts do is they stop you from thinking. Part of the buy model, they stop you from thinking. They antagonize certain emotions. So like you become, and also they they like devalue life for you because you're only thinking of heaven. You're not thinking of now, which is like another thing on your podcast that really resonated with me. But anyways, so for the first time, soul made me think about if I was happy. Sure. And I was like, Oh my God, I am so miserable. (laughs) I'm so miserable. And like that kind of got the ball rolling. I'm like, why? It's because like this cult had literally numbed me to life. Like I would see movies of people being happy and like, just envy that so much. Right. Wow. So, wow, that's incredible. Soul made me think about that. It like made me think, like, finally got the ball rolling on, like, you're not happy. <laughs> sure. That's, that's incredible. So, so did you have any denial uh, when this started or even before that of like, you know, ignoring the red flags or convincing yourself that everything was okay? So, I, when the, when the ball started rolling on those two things and I finally started thinking about it, it was over the course of like many months where I was like, you know, you try to convince yourself, find answers, like, cause you don't want this to be wrong. Right. Like, you don't yeah. want that. Yeah. 100%. So, Man, like, yeah. yeah. And so like, I would mull over it for months and it was just mental warfare. And then thank God I have a friend um, who I finally kind of hinted about, about it too. When I had gotten so much, I was like, I think I might be in a cult. And then I didn't want to talk about it. And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. What did you just say? Like, <laughs> oh, you you know? can't just say that and like leave. Anyway, let's go get some spaghetti. Like, <laughs> you, have to, you have to get into that now. <laughs> yeah. So he thankfully did a lot of research and like slowly helped pull me. I would not be at, like able to talk about it like this if it weren't for him. Sure. Thank you, my friend John. Shout out. Shout out to John. <laughs> Thanks, John. So, yeah, so he and like at first when he would say stuff to me, it would make me so angry. Like he would be like, listen, this guy you're you're worshiping is not good. And it would make me so angry. It would make me so angry because of like years of like forcing yourself to love this person, you know, so it's like hard to accept. So, yeah, it was months of like torment, mental warfare. And then when he actually started pushing, like pull me out of it, it was there was a lot of mental pushback. It was 
hell. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure. sure. I'm sure. I mean, like we we see this with with people that we know who are into things like QAnon, and I know that that doesn't compare. Of course, I'm not. I'm not saying that you know it does, but we've seen people who get really into like conspiracy theories or QAnon, and they get so invested that when you try to like break them out of it. They fight so much because right. they've invested so much yeah. time. It's like the you know it's it's that um, fallacy where you, you think, well, I put so much time into it, so I can't stop now. So if this is wrong, I am an idiot for believing it for this long, and so I'm just going to double down <laughs> yeah. on believing it. So breaking a- away from that must have been really it was just a lot to get through. It must be really hard. Yeah, it was the worst thing I've ever been through. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is why I'm so motivated to talk about it more because so like the only way you can really fix these things is preventative education sure wow now i know we're talking about it you know like it's some big thing but we all know that really the reason why you're deconstructing like this whole cult life is for street cred (laughs) and because it's the cool thing right so i'm doing it for clout yeah 100 (laughs) percent Oh my god! How frustrated do you get when you hear things like? Because as someone who just deconstructed this like basic fundamentalism that I was only kinda ever in, I'm like, I'm not doing it because it's sexy. Like I'm not doing it for street cred. Because if I am, I still don't have any, and I'd like that street cred now, please. Yeah. So how much? I mean, how much? <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> how frustrating must that be for you? I mean, at the level that you're at of of leaving this dangerous cult. So this is actually my first time talking about it online. Oh wow! Okay. So well, haven't haven't heard that yet, but I do know that once I leave officially from the cult, they're gonna say things like that. Like they're like the people in the cult are gonna be like, "Oh, Shaylee left because." Um, you know, she was jealous of somebody getting more attention or like, you know, all these dumb uh, reasons like you're talking about. So I'm sure when that stuff starts, it'll hurt, but we'll see. <laughs> so they're they're going to immediately start to uh, gaslight basically so that anyone still in the cult doesn't get any ideas, you know, so they make their own narrative, their own right. story of why you left. Listen, it's better on the Us outside. versus them mentality. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's better on the outside for sure. Yeah. Promise. Yeah. <laughs> So you talk about, you know, they pretty much go through this phase of teaching these lessons and like kind of drop this bomb on you that the leader is the actual Messiah, which I would imagine would kind of build a distrust now that you're awake for like religion and God in general. So like, where would you say that you're at currently like with God? It's it's confusing. I won't lie. I would imagine. I I feel like yeah. I feel like I'm. You gotta tear it down before you can build it back up. 100%. So I'm still in the tearing it down phase. So yeah. I literally have no idea. I just know all of a sudden I'm really scared of death. Like wow. <laughs> you know, like so. I don't know, but I will say listening to your podcast gives me hope of religion in the future. But right now, it's just like, I got to focus on tearing this down first. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you need some time to, to process and heal from this. I mean, it sounds like it's all very fresh anyway. I mean, uh, so so that, that makes sense completely. Um, I know I would be... <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? Like, I, I want to burn everything down as it is, and I didn't go through a cult, so I don't know what I'd be <laughs> right. like if I did like, go through this. Joy wasn't allowed to watch Pokemon, and he wants to burn everything to the ground. Yeah. And I'm like, let's let's calm down. There are people that hey, had it worse a, than you. That's a burn everything down offense. I agree. <laughs> Pokemon? 
Oh my god! Yeah, no, it, it's true though. I could be like driving past a church and just get like angry because of of different things I disagree with, and and I need to calm down. So for going through something like you did, I, I can imagine the anger that you must feel. Yes, that's why I'm currently on my war path of like this is my first step, and I'm gonna try to keep figuring out how I can educate stuff. Right. So <laughs> so your friend who broke you out of this, uh, John, when when you were talking to him. Like, did anyone in the cult know that you were talking to someone who was this interloper trying to get you Especially out? Especially of the opposite sex. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine right. that would have not been allowed. No, because you're not supposed to really have friends outside the church. So, like, I, was, I wasn't I was exactly, like, their model, model Christian uh, in their eyes. You know what I mean? Like, I still had friends online, and um, I did, did talk to the opposite sex and stuff. Gotcha. And um, so, like, if they had known that I was talking to somebody outside the church and also a boy would have lost their minds <laughs> Game wow. over from there. Now, what kind of ways do they punish? I mean, is it mostly just through like threats of eternal damnation or do they do any sort of physical punishments? So you can like get your positions taken away and stuff. So like I was like campus leader and like, you know, like they could do, they don't really like punish you themselves, but it's a lot of like mental manipulation, like hell, like you said. Yeah, so, sure, yeah. Like even ha- if you have sex, hell, yeah. <laughs> hell, <laughs> bye. <Right. laughs> or you have to like I think like if you have sex or something, it's like repent for seven years or something, and God. then you can go to heaven. But you, but like you can if you have sex, you can pretty much never what they say rapture again, which is like where you go to the golden city. Oh, which is, like, we know all about the rapture. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Is it the same rapture that we were top uh, up in, or or is it what? different? Yeah, because it has to be different because the rapture that we were taught was Jesus is coming back. Yeah. This guy is Jesus to them. Right. So he's already back. So he's already here. So how do they do that? So like through through the new Jesus, they're like built a new level of heaven, which is called the golden city, which they got from like revelations or something. Sure. um, So when rapture means when you go to when your spirit goes to the golden city, basically. Ah, gotcha. Interesting. So. This whole cult is just like, let's take a few random verses, put together a toxic fan fiction, and control people with it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But like <laughs> in the middle of it, it's like, I'm also going to make myself the central character. Yeah. Wow. Now, now Self-insert. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, copy replace Jesus with my name. What was it like? <laughs> control fine. Uh, what was it like going to the headquarters in Korea? What, what was that experience about? So... That's when Bite Model, again, I'm telling y'all to read it. Um, They use a lot of sleep deprivation and exhaustion because in this cult, all year, like not just when you're there, but you you wake up for pre-dawn. Like they use sleep deprivation all the time. So like you wake up at 4 a.m. and pray for a few hours. Um, (laughs) And so when I was in Korea, I was in a haze because like, they, you know, you wake up early, 4 a.m., go to the temple. You have to climb up this huge mountain to get to it. Like, it's like you have to climb up this crazy hill every day to get to it. And that's deliberate because you they need you tired. And then, like, you follow the leader around all day and, like, he just does stuff. And then, like, you're out till midnight and then you go back and you do it again. And it's just so tiring. Beautiful place, but... Yeah. See, listen. Not the- <laughs> I'm not judging you whatsoever because I am sure this is probably some of the most stressful times of your life. But I'm just the type of person I'll be like, Nah, y'all got it. Nope, I'm gonna stay right here. I don't care what that alarm says. I can barely get up for work most days. Let alone no. 
I, so, I mean, you did get well, up for our imagine, but like imagine Jesus Barely. himself. You believe that Jesus himself came to you and is like, you have to wake up at four a.m. Would you do it? Uh, well, like here's yeah, the thing: is again, yeah. like we went to Bible college, and so like I like I believe in Jesus, and I believe that alarm went off to wake me up for prayer, and I believe I clicked snooze several times. Yeah, you were. <laughs> I do remember you walking in late. Yeah, all the time, and it's like because yeah. my thing was like, Jesus is all about forgiveness. <laughs> he's, he's all about it. <laughs> Like, that's yeah. kind of his whole thing. Sin, Not and this then one. ask forgiveness. It's like, kind of his whole thing. <laughs> Not this Jesus. This Jesus forgiveness is going to have you repenting for seven straight years. What are those? For one time. So they control you through like forced labor, basically exhaustion. It sounds like they 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 get you out of your you know right kind of state of mind by just making you exhausted all the time. Yeah, when you're that exhausted, your critical thinking goes to garbage. You're gonna do anything. Like my first years of college, because of pre-dawn, I was also in college. I would be getting three hours of sleep and just like regularly blacking out and just like uh, kept going, yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Wow. So what did you go to school for? Genetics. Ah, uh, oh, that's cool. Uh, uh, I have to legally, I have to say this go dogs because we won the national championship. <laughs> yeah, you sure did have a buddy of mine. Who's a huge Georgia fan. He's from Atlanta. And so it has been a year for him with the Braves winning and then Georgia winning last night and like yep. <laughs> handedly too. Yeah, it was impressive. So I, I was, we were just thinking about the different things that differentiate uh, a, a church from a cult or, or the signs that a church is becoming more cult-like. Um, and it sounds like one of them is when a, a environment, a ministry or a leader of some kind is forcing you to work past the point of exhaustion. Like it's just constantly forcing more work and more just strenuous activity out of you to, to the point where you're exhausted. Um, and, and I know one thing that people deconstructing evangelicalism talk about a lot is the unpaid labor, right. uh, the uh, overemphasis on serving to the point where you're just exhausted. Um, do you see that as a red flag? If we go into a church and they're you know, talking about serving just constantly, is that something that should be a red flag to people? Yes, because that is also, a, you know, in the bite model because it's it's you don't realize it, but that's a way that they if you can. So like when I was evangelizing people and they were teaching me how to evangelize new people for our church. One thing they always said was you have to take up their time so they can't, you know, go to other places and get, you know, out like the outside influence, basically the more time they can take up from you, the easier it is for you to be controlled. Sure. So when churches do things like that, they're also taking your time, um, so that you don't have time for other things. It's like, it's, it, there's so many reasons that that could be a huge red flag. Mm-hmm. It is definitely a tactic used universally in cults. Right. Wow. And it's wow. so interesting too, because our, our pastor is actually preaching a series right now on rest and the Sabbath and the importance yeah. of rest and, you know, taking time away and like, he has no issue if people want to step back from serving or step down or whatever. He's like, you know, you, you do you. Yeah. And so it's so interesting to me that like we, like different cults and some churches use this model that is so antithetical to the actual message of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus rested all promote Jesus. Like Jesus slept on a boat in the middle of a storm and got annoyed with his disciples for waking him up. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. (laughs) They're like, Lord, we're about to die. He's like, y'all see me napping down here. (laughs) Peace be still. I'm going back to bed. Like he sat outside of a well, like at a well. All day long, waiting for one person. Like Jesus was not someone that was like in a rush to do a bunch of things. Like he was, he had no problem wasting time. It's true, and it's like cults almost like preach like 
oh, you got to be doing X, Y, Z all the time because you can't waste any time. You can't like you got to be going, 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 going. And so we can just some of the main you down. doctrine of my cult was like work, work, work for work for God, work for God, work for God. You every moment is precious. Like you can rest oh. when you're dead. <laughs> like, right. you know? and that's why it's important to also when you're thinking about cults is to look at their actions or like what they like. They're going to say like, oh, well, you should take rests. But then like in the meantime, then they're preaching to you like, OK, but every minute that you're wasting is a minute that you're not earning merit in heaven. Like, you know, uh, like wow. <laughs> so, so they, like it's more important to look at how they act than like what they say. Sure. And it's I can and it's all about to like earning, like you said, like a very transactional, very much like what is your life going to be like after you die? And you're buying all that right now with all this work. Yeah. That, that, so it's it's interesting to me how a lot of what you're saying kind of feels like the kind of things that some churches will hint at but not outright say. And it's almost like the, the one just big difference is that a cult will just say it. Be honest about it. Yeah. A cult will just be right out. Yep. And so like, no, you need to earn your merit in heaven. You need to keep working. But a church that can be abusive will more so just like imply those kind of things and right. more cunningly just, you know, make you feel the pressure to keep doing things without just saying like, yeah, it's like no, a you need never ending it. rat race. Yeah. yeah. So did they not allow for rest of, of really any kind then if you only were getting like three hours of sleep? They, they say they do like, Oh, you should take rest when you need to. But then like, so like I, I when I was struggling, I was like struggling with pre-dawn. Cause if you know, you're not believing this stuff, you're not going to wake up for pre-dawn. Right. So then like they would say like, Oh yeah, totally take off time from pre-dawn. It's fine. But then like in the leaders meetings, they would be like, some of you aren't taking this seriously <laughs> and you aren't attending services and you are garbage. And like, this is a church. And so it's like, <laughs> it's like they, it, you have to look at like what they're actually doing instead right. of what they say. They'll say you can rest, but like really there are consequences. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow. So, you know, you talk about buying that merit in heaven and everything like that. And so we talk about on our podcast a good bit. We're, you know, we, we're talking about it more. The idea of like bringing heaven to earth. Um, so places like that, does earth matter at all? Like I, I've said it before a hundred times. My, my favorite verse in the Bible is the Lord's Prayer where Jesus talks about, you know, the kingdom of heaven coming to earth. And like that was his whole purpose of coming to earth was to show heaven on earth. So... Is there any like answer to their asphyxiation on getting to heaven? Is there any response of like, oh no, we're trying, you know, to build heaven on earth, or is it all like just get off the rock? Yeah. So that's one thing about your podcast that really resonated with me because like what they do is like I said earlier, they numb you to life. Um, so that you don't want more from your life. Mm. So like the number you are, the more they can control you, and you're not gonna expect better for your for yourself. Um, so they they say earth is important, but they say it's important because it's you get a little bit of time to grow your spirit and raise your level in heaven. So like wow. they say it's important, but like because heaven is the ultimate goal. Yeah, right. Yeah. Gotcha. So so basically they, they don't let you focus on your life here at all, really, other than just working. Mm -hmm. Now, what is the end game? for them i mean you mentioned the word rapture earlier but i know that's a different meaning than what we're used to but like are they waiting for armageddon are they waiting for for like aliens to come and and you know take everyone away i mean what what's the end for them so basically what they believe is the old testament is four thousand years new testament is two thousand years and then after that is the complete testament that'll be a thousand years on heaven or like of sorry on earth a thousand years on sure. earth that's the complete testament 
with like the word that he brought. The word that he brought being the cult leader. Yes. Like the like second coming okay. of Christ brought new word. And then that is the complete testament. So like you have all the word now. And he is the second coming of Christ. Yeah. Wow. Okay. okay. I got Interesting. I got and you. that kicks off the complete testament. Okay, so he is like starting to release the complete, or has he started to release the complete testament at this point? Like, has the thousand years started at this point now, or? Yes. So, like, he started preaching in like the 70s. Okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, like a thousand years starting From now, <laughs> like while he's been alive. So, he's been <laughs> preaching for a little bit. But, like, basically, if you're alive while he's alive, you get to rapture to the golden city. And then after he dies, you keep preaching the complete testament word for like a thousand years, and then those people can go to heaven. So they they are prepared to continue the cult even after this man dies. That's not going to throw a wrench into things for them. No, because like they have a they have an, a leader under him who's basically going to take over. It wouldn't be weird to them to have Jesus die a second time. Like that wouldn't be some weird thing no he's pretty much been pretty open about like i'm human i'm gonna die <laughs> oh know? all right so they're expecting it and they're gonna continue after him and they think that for a thousand years uh, the earth will continue and then at that end of a thousand years that god will just leave the earth and it'll implode or something <laughs> we'll blow ourselves up now now i know and I, I apologize for the way that our questions are a bit all over the place where this is just such an interesting conversation to me so it's just kind of as i think I like, these, yeah i think it's something like know. wait a second i yeah. gotta clarify this yeah so i think everybody's in the same boat when they're listening so they're probably glad you're asking okay, okay. <laughs> you know it's interesting well, well um i was just thinking about the way that they do marriages there, are they not facing any legal issues with, I mean, you can't, I know. Most, well, they're not here. So the whole thing is in Korea. I mean, they had, you, you were in Georgia, right? So they have locations in the U S don't they? Yeah. The, so like, I'm not allowed. I was not, I was going to be a faith star. And like, I was not at the point yet where you start prepping for that sort of thing. So, um, I don't know exactly how it works, but I know that you get like spiritually married in the cult by the cult leader. And then like legally you go get married wherever, do your thing. Like you do that next. But if you're if all marrying, I mean, cause isn't that, uh, so if it's anything like, like, uh, the Waco thing, I can never remember the actual name of that cult for some reason. It is the branch, branch Davidians. Davidians. So with them, they were like so. One of the things that the uh, that it focused on was there was a guy married to his wife, mm -hmm. but she got spiritually married to David Koresh. So that way they could get past any sort of laws against multiple right, wives, polygamy. Yeah. polygamy so yeah. like in, in that instance, like she was given over to David Koresh legally. She was still married to her first husband, but like within the cult, like right, right. they might as well have been separated. I got you. Is that kind of how they do it too to get past like polygamy limitations? Yeah. I mean, like when, when they say like, you're like a bride of that leader, like they're, you're not legally getting married. You don't get it's benefits. It's like a spiritual thing. And then you okay. vow to never get married in like physically. I gotcha. Uh, I gotcha. But oh. like I said earlier, some people change their last names to match him. So like the lady who evangelized me's last name was his name. And I did not make that connection until I was leaving. I was like, Oh my God, her last name. Cause <laughs> I saw mail with her real name on it. Like in her oh. first and last name have been changed. That's not her real name. And it, oh. her last name matches his now. So I was like, <laughs> so one thing that you mentioned and when you were emailing us, um, was uh, you, you mentioned here about uh, the way that churches or cults can exploit human psychology. Um, wh what were you, what, what kind of uh, things were you thinking of uh, when you were talking about that? Like, like what are some examples of, of how they do that? Who kind of falls into like the bite model thing some there. Yeah, for sure. But like, that's why 
I do have some, it's hard to be like sympathetic for these people, but like the, everybody who's in like the Trump cult is also a victim of this sort of psychological manipulation. So the Trump cult is an example. Yeah. Um, he, if you look at the bite model. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then like a lot of fundamentalist churches who are like, like a lot of Baptist churches. Um, I've seen similarities and I'm not putting a label on anything, but a lot of Jehovah witness stuff is very identical and like sure. uses a lot of psychological manipulation and like those sort of, so it's like, if it, yeah, a lot of fundamental, I would just think that a lot of fundamentalist churches do it. And then like, I think of Jehovah witnesses and Mormons and those sort of, they're right. called like if, another way to think of it as a high control group. Sure. Like, okay. Okay. Yeah, and that's something that's super interesting to me because, like, the further I get away from, like, fundamentalism, the more I realize, like, there are certain things where it's like, yes, we're supposed to die to ourselves according to the Bible, you know? I have no issue with a mentality like that. But to do that, you have to know yourself. And, like, that is a very individualistic thing. Like, I have to own my individual personalities to, like, crucify the things that, you know, would separate me from being more Christ-like. It is not about me just conforming to this image that this church has made to be like, this is the model of Christ. So the idea of Mm. you have to conform everything to look this way that we deem is the correct way to look Mm -hmm. is so like, it's just gross to me now. Like have, you know, having been in a culture like that, and I'd imagine it'd be the same way in a cult where it's like, I'd imagine most of the faith stars all are very similar acting mm-hmm. personality wise at this point. And I'm, I would imagine that's by design. Yeah, for sure. You get your individuality is just ripped from you. Right. <laughs> wow. Wow. Especially at that point. So did you have to rebuild relationships once you left the cult, like family relationships? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm in the process of right now, because um, like recently I met with my best friend, like when I had a best friend at the time of me, joining this cult and I kind of burned that bridge a little bit um, just because they, they drain you like by design, they drain you of all your mental and emotional energy. So you can't give it anywhere else. So like I couldn't have a healthy friendship. Um, So I kind of burned that bridge and I I have lost quite a few friends, but like recently I met with um, my closest friend at the time and we, I explained to him everything and he understood um, I had a boyfriend at the time I broke up with who I've explained everything to. Um, I, yeah, so that's, that's been my goal recently, but family, not so much like they, like I did not burn that bridge, but, right. um, okay. I did, they, they were like, oh yeah. When I explained what was going on or like what was happening to me after. Wow. <laughs> so it's like, was it like so a, mostly friendships? Was it like a text message? Like, Hey, long time. No talk girl. Guess what? In a cult grab coffee Wednesday. Tell you everything. <laughs> Who doesn't respond so to that? Text? I, like I wouldn't not so be able to be like friends anymore, but uh Korean <laughs> Jesus made me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I like, I was married to Korean Jesus. Like I was on track for that. Get coffee Wednesday. I'll tell you all about it. I'll be like, all right, what time? Where are we going? Yeah. It's like clickbait. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Uh, no, luckily that situation, he reached out to me first and was one. And so I was like, perfect. So then I met with him and uh, explained everything. He was like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> right. Not to seem insensitive either, but it's like th- the craziest thing about this conversation is we could probably make the most clickbaity sounding title of all time yeah. and it not be clickbait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
it's crazy when that when i was like woke up i was like my life is a sitcom yeah it's like we could make the title like interview with korean jesus's (laughs) ex-wife and like that's not clickbait like that's a real description of what we're doing in this episode it's wild yeah it feels like a a freaking tv show that did not happen to me it like it feels so like what the hell (laughs) yeah yeah and it's like so kind of ten thousand foot view like looking down and like seeing shaylee how long were you in the cult three years thank god it was not longer i mean that's enough time to do a lot of psychological damage but it could have been way worse yeah so like where you are now 2022 shaylee like looking back at say 2020 probably like in the midst of it like like the thick of all of it like does it feel surreal thinking back to it at this point kind of being disassociated at, with it for a little bit now at this point i mean like i guess like stages of grief or whatever it feels like i'm mourning because like sure. it, it's interesting last night when uga won the national championship <laughs> i uh started looking back through photos to put on instagram i was like oh yeah go dogs like right and i was looking through my college photos and i just i remember i felt so lonely and like i was robbed of so much of my experience i like convinced myself that i didn't like football that much i i quit i was on the dance team and i quit Mm. because like it was taking too much time away from church so like a lot of stuff a lot of my college experience was like robbed from me sure and so like at this point in time i feel like i'm still in the mourning phase like i it's very sad um but hopefully in the future i'll be in the I can like, it's, it's still very emotional, basically. Oh, I I can imagine. Now, what was it like? I I know you're still in this, by the way, but what was it like to experience regaining your individuality? Like, was, is that why you now have a TikTok about uh, like anime and nerdy things? Because that's part of your individuality you're trying to get back into essentially? Well, TikTok, they did, they don't really approve of like media and stuff. I couldn't imagine. Why not? Soul will wake you up from your cult. Soul will take you away from God. Yeah. So yeah, I, my TikTok was actually and like my connection to the. I was making TikToks when I was like still in the cult, and that was my one connection to like the outside world. It felt like right. So it actually is part of the reason I was like able to find a community that would like help me and like sure. like make me realize that there's good outside of this cult. And um, I. As far as like discovering myself now, I'm pretty sure everybody who's deconstructing or like leaving an abusive church or or anything like that is go like has this feeling too, where you feel empty. Um, But like, I if you're deconstructing, it it gets better. Like it gets better and better because like all of a sudden for me, food has taste again. Like it's the craziest thing. Like I did not value food. And then like now I'm like, wait, food can make you happy. Like (laughs) it makes me very happy. That's a dangerous. Listen, listen, I'm telling you this now before you get too far down that path, I'm too far gone. Like food can make you very happy. Like it, it does not respect you though. Like food does not love you back. So just like things like you'll 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 come to you come to find with time like uh, just over the short time I've been wait, like finding myself again things spark joy again like sure. you like you start to find joy in things again so that's been the biggest thing is like oh my god I can like 
guilt-free, like enjoy these things. And I can like, so it is, that is, if you're deconstructing and it feels scary, it gets really fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> things start to bring you joy again. You value your time with people because like before you did not, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm earning spot in heaven, whatever. Mm. So now all of a sudden, like I value human life so much and like the time I get with people. So like I'm with my time now, I spend it, I make an effort to spend time with people more. Um, like my family, right? Um, That's awesome. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do for a career and stuff. I I can Twitch stream now and not feel judged. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so like I'm gonna keep making content cool. and like my my content can uh, have more adult jokes. Ooh, yes, <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, I get to just keep exploring like what in life makes me happy, and it's it's like so fu- it's like all of a sudden seeing color. Like it, it's it's the best feeling. Well, what do you think you were looking for when this person first, this recruiter at your college first talked to you? Like, were you looking for a sense of belonging or or just something to do on on weekend nights? I mean, like, what was it that that got you? You know, I got plenty of time in my college schedule for a 30-week Bible study. Yeah. Sign me Absolutely. Up. <laughs> I've been, look, I've been bored. So this is why they target college students, which is like why college students need to be very wary because when you get to college, so like for me personally, I had started going to church and then I started learning about evolution and I was like, I literally remember a sermon where they were like, if I take apart this cell phone and throw it in the parking lot, it doesn't become a phone again in a thousand years. So evolution isn't real. And I, and like, I'm Brilliant. a genetics major. So you can imagine that causes some conflict. Oh <laughs> oh my God. So oh I don't my know God. if you've heard this story, but <laughs> Joey's entire deconstruction phase started because he started watching Cosmos with Neil deGrasse Tyson. And he talked about evolution. <laughs> It's true. And so Joey was a youth pastor at the time and he would like go home and in the secrecy like of having just preached to the youth, like him and his wife would turn on Cosmos and learn about evolution. He's like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's throwing everything to the wind. It changed my whole world. And so yeah, and, Thank you, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> yes. And and so you being like being a genetics major, I mean, when you hear them talking about things like evolution, like did that give you pause or did you just kind of ignore it? Like what did you do? Well, so I had stopped going to church because of these things. And I didn't like how the church treated women either. So I, I was like sort of in the process of like a regular old Christian deconstruction. And then sure. like they came to me and they were like, the re- how they found me was they were like, do you oh, believe man. Adam and Eve are the first human beings? And I was like, no. And they were like, oh, are you religious? And I was like, yes. And then like they gave their explanation as to like how they agree. So I was like, oh, science church, you know? And <laughs> Wow. Wow. That is wild to me though that you started but like deconstructing from church just in the more like you know typical general way. sense and then right in the middle of that deconstruction they latched on and, and you you know were able to be pulled in because that is very similar to how i fell into QAnon was was by starting deconstructing and then you're so vulnerable you're open to other voices you're, you're looking for answers and if you're yep. not careful you can find those answers from very wrong, very dangerous sources. That, that's wild to me yep. that the same sort of thing happened with you, but in a much more horrific result with three years at a cult. Yeah, they use that when you're spiritually vulnerable is when they really get you. And also the reason they target, I was also lonely because like when you first get to college, you don't know anybody. And right. then so like you, they like came to me and then they started uh, asking me to hang out outside of Bible study too. So I was like, but they were taking my time. So I couldn't 
get outside influences. Sure. I thought they just wanted to be my friends. <laughs> you know, so wow. I was like, yes, friends. They're buying their place in heaven. So, and they love bomb you, love bomb you so much. And that is very effective for me because I have ADHD. So I suffer from rejection sensitive dysphoria. So like, wow, love bombing. So, so tell us about that for anyone who's not familiar with the term. So um, love bombing is basically just like they just absolutely overwhelm you with like a sense of belonging and they lift you up compliments. They buy you stuff. They bought me stuff all the time. Like, and then when I started going to church, like they love bomb you too. So like church members would bring me gifts and they would be like, Oh, you're so special. And like, God loves you so much. And you're so like the fact that you're here and you made it this far is just like, how, shows how spiritually amazing you are and God chose you like from your ancestors and like all wow, like right. lo- like crazy love bombing and then especially for me because I was a white blonde girl so like I was targeted in that way like they really fetishize white blonde women because the because the leader likes that so so like all the time they were like oh you're so beautiful your skin is so pale you're blonde you're beautiful you look like the holy spirit and oh like God. all Whoa. this stuff jeez yeah so that's why I'm not blonde anymore. Understandable, yeah. yeah. I totally understand that. So so I've heard churches use the term love bomb, and, and they, they would essentially talk about how when people come and, and visit, you know, we want to show them that they're loved and that, you know, we're happy that they're there. And they would use the term love bomb. And um, I wonder if they stop now that they realize that it's a cult term. And it's like, it's a good thing. Well, like, you want people to feel like they're a, accepted. But yeah. at the same yeah. time... Your pastor isn't Jesus. Like, <laughs> well, it, it's clearly manipulative, though, to right. make people feel like just this over sense of belonging immediately. That's just not natural. You know, that's not a natural community forming over time. It's just like immediate. We need to. You're like our brother. You're you know you're our best right. friend, and it's just it's fake. Yeah, that's and it's rough too because when you're not a newcomer anymore, um, the love bombing stops. It, right. it it's like really it it's like hurts like your self-esteem and like love bombing is also used in abusive relationships. Oh, yeah. So like, I'm sure a lot of people have experienced love bombing yeah. and just like need a, need a term for it. And it's, wow. it's like a very effective tactic. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Cause then when they turn on you and, and start to, you know, yell about how you're a sinner going to hell, it's like so different from that love experience that it, it hurts even worse now. Mm-hmm. And then also kind of that like weird attachment to it. It's like, oh, but you know, these people do love me because all of the stuff that they bought me, and I'm sure they hold that over your head of like, remember all of the things that we did for you and we were there for you when you were lonely and you had nobody. So you better listen to us or you're going to go to hell yeah. and you're going to be lonely yeah. again. And the love bombing that they, they do is they always say, oh, it's the Lord doing this for you th- through me. So like mm. everything that you're love bombed with is his is attributed to him. So then like you owe him. <laughs> you know? Right. Which is it's, it's like, how am I supposed to pay God back? Like, do I like slip him like he owns all the money allegedly? Like, do I like slip him a toy and be like, hey, appreciate you, you getting me coffee? You pay him back week, by being guy. a faith star, of course. That's how you pay God back. Right. You were in a cult during like the thick of COVID. Like, what did that look like? I understand that that has nothing to do with deconstruction or theology. I'm just genuinely, like, again, I'm just interested. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a lot of this like? is just like, like it's interesting. Did they acknowledge it? Was it fake to them? Like, did they respond to it like QAnon did? Whereas, you know, like, pandemic thing? Like, what was their so response? He, 
the leader did very much acknowledge that COVID is real. And that that's one of the things that I was kind of like, what is going on? Because he said that when he, when the Messiah is on earth, that there would be peace and stuff. And then all of a sudden there's a pandemic while the, the Messiah, <laughs> and like millions are dying. Like, so, but he did say that COVID's a real thing and stuff. And like, he, um, encouraged everybody to get the vaccine but he did say that like nobody in blank is going to get covid and then they did oh, like I'm people sure. got covid duh so but then they hit it so they're like nobody uh, you know yep, but yep. <laughs> well uh shaley we are really happy that you are no longer part of this toxic place and we're, we're so Me too. thrilled that, that you're able to get out i'm it's amazing that you, you know you have the story now that can help other people going through this um you know and i think even for people who haven't who aren't in a a cult like this just anyone who's deconstructing and listening to our show i think the things that you learn can can definitely help benefit all of us yeah um, how to identify toxic behavior, whether you're a Mooney or not, uh, these things are applicable. Um, so thank you for, for sharing this. Yeah. And, uh, thank you for giving me a black camera shy too. Yeah. But, uh, before we end, like, what are some, what are some like talking points that you would give our listeners if they are concerned about someone, if they themselves may think that they're in a cult, um, for your friends that are still, you know, steeped in this cult, like, what are like talking points that you would kind of give our listeners to as like a jumping off point to mm-hmm. like be the Josh to someone that they know and love to help pull them out of what they're in? So the most important thing is it's not going to happen overnight. And so like it took me almost a year like total to wow. to like decon- like to get to the point where I would leave. So it's not going to happen overnight. And you can't come at them and be like, you're in a cult because like they're expecting that persecution. They're going to say it's persecution and they're going to pull away from you. And that's not what you want. So like the most important thing is to maybe ask questions, a lot of questions and a very effective tactic for everybody I know who's left is to compare to other cults. Mm. So like, don't, don't again, don't you, I wouldn't use the word cult when you approach, when you come to them to talk about this, don't just avoid that word. But, um, just compare to other cults and high control groups. Because like when I started, like that's what kicked it off for me is when I was like, Oh my God, they have mass weddings too. Oh, like right. you know, like bring in conversations about like these other groups. And it's like, you got to lead the horse to water, but they've got a drink. Like, yeah. you know? so it don't rush it. Ask lots of leading questions and compare to other groups is my advice. Well, thank you for that. That's great advice. I'm sure that'll help a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but Shaylee, again, thank you for coming on. Uh, we've really, we've really enjoyed this conversation and, um, I hope that you're able to share this conversation on a lot of other podcasts as well. Just get it out there because it's, it's definitely going to help a lot of people. Yeah. And, uh, Shaylee, where can the people find you on the interwebs? So I don't make a deconstruction content. Not uh, at all. Maybe that'll happen in the future. <laughs> uh, but I'm on TikTok, Shaylo underscore Ren. It's like Kylo Ren, but worse. Um, I, <laughs> sorry, that was not a good joke. I'm also on Twitch. We have a lot of fun on Twitch, uh, Shaylo underscore Ren. It's the same everywhere. <laughs> cool. As always, if you enjoyed the episode, like it. Uh, if you are not subscribed, click the subscribe button below and ring the bell. 
Um, shameless plug time. Uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash all things reconsidered. Um, base level gets you into our Discord server where we are growing an awesome little community. Um, not quite cult-like because me and Joey do not think that we are Jesus yet, <laughs> even though some people think that we are the Antichrist. So we are a form of Christ. It's just anti, <laughs> just anti. So we're like a we're we're the we're an opposite end of the spectrum kind of cult. Yeah. So whatever the opposite of a cult is, is what we are. Um, <laughs> so join. Uh, we release exclusive content. You can see uh, my first uh, test episode of T Theology. It's a short form video. Yeah, I'm plugging it right now. Yeah, I'm yeah. proud of it. Brandon's coming out with some new content for you guys. Yeah. So um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Shaylee, thank you so much for being here. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Don't join a cult.